Welcome to the Big Screen Symposium podcast. This session is from the Big Screen Symposium held in Auckland on the 4th and 5th of December 2020. In this panel discussion, writer and director Bex Adahanga, producer Piripi Curtis, and Kaikokiri Kopapa Efakata Māori, content commissioner at Māori Television, Lanita Lirinui, explore ideas and methods for tikanga Māori to be incorporated into the creation of screen work, from the development of the idea through to funding, production, distribution, and audience engagement. They share their own transformative experiences and discuss future ways to tell stories with tikanga-led values and processes. This panel is moderated by producer Kay Almers. Before we sort of get into some of the hows around indigenising the workflow, I'd just sort of introduce each of our panellists with these very impressive bios that I've been given and get them to tell us a little bit more about themselves and why they're here and why they think this take is important. So I'm going to start with you, Bex. I've got your bio here. Um, so this is Bex Arahanga. Bex has burst in, uh, onto the film and television scene with three films in two years with an instinctual knack for story, comedy, and a strong understanding for the human condition, Bex recently co-directed and wrote multi-award winning feature film Vai and short film Hinekura, which won the Audience Choice and Civics Award at the New Zealand International Film Festival in 2019. Her first short film Laundry, about a mother struggling to have a sex life while raising children, was selected as part of the New Zealand New Zealand's Best at the International Film Festival in 2016 and nominated for four awards. Bex was recently presented with the Sparta New Filmmaker of the Year Award and have several exciting projects in development, including a comedy drama series which has been selected for the Script to Screen Boot Camp. So Bex, anything more that you would like to say about yourself and how hati take, how hati nei take ki Kirikato, you know, the whole concept of indigenising the workflow. And I thought about how my daughter, Kenzie, who's 22, picked me up from work a couple of months ago, and we went to the pub and had a couple of drinks. And we were talking about this exact thing. And during that conversation, she said to me, um, she said, imagine how the world would see us and how we would see us if we had been able to tell our stories from the beginning. And I thought, holy hecka, my wise daughter, thank you. Because actually, currently, the system that we operate under has controlled the workflow, and and which also means the indigenous story. So, yeah. So I feel like, yes, there needs to be a conversation about um, indigenising the workflow, but I think there's a systemic thing that needs to uh, be a conversation as well, because it comes from the top, and it's got to be, you know, within tertiary, with an actual partnership, and that has to be, you know budget control and creative control and just partnership, like actual partnership. You know, stuff has released this week, they've done an internal audit and they've come out with, we are sorry for how we've continued to portray Māori in the media. And there is a bias that is through. Um, uh, we feel it all the time, uh, it's, it becomes part of our culture, oh, something's hoary as. You know, what does that mean? It's all half-assed. Or, um, oh, you're running on Māori time? We can't be on time for things. So, but it's, it's removing any of the um, 
tikanga around who we are. So it made me think about Eddie Harpati uh, Ramsden, who was a beautiful educator, um, kaitahu woman, and she's also Pete Bridges' mum. And I remember, you know, she did a, she's done so much kind of educational work around changing the narrative about, around how we're seen. And when Warriors came out, I think it was when Warriors came out, and she came and she said that beautiful quote, um, yeah, once we're Warriors, well, once we're gardeners, once we're astronomers, once we're philosophers, once we're lovers. And actually, if we're not at the table from the beginning, then all of those beautiful layers are not in our stories. And I thought about, I, I just saw um, Matariki Bennett on the weekend and her beautiful dōpū, Ngāhine um, Pū Kōrero, and they spoke at um, Black Lives Matter as well. And so I filmed them doing their um, slam poetry, and I bawled my eyes out because it was powerful, and I posted it on social media, and then I went and talked to these girls afterwards, and I said, my boys at Hatopawara School, I want to get you down and do a workshop. They're like, yes, yes, love to. And when I got home, my son, Maitarangi, who's 14 and goes to Hatopawara, was home. And I said, oh, son, check this out. And he goes, oh, I already saw it on your social media. And he didn't have the words. He was just like, oh, man. And then it was like, tupuna. And then they're like, no, grandparents. I was like, bam. But, and he just, and I knew he was so emotionally moved, but he didn't have, he didn't have the maturity to work out why he felt the way he felt. He just felt moved and he felt it was powerful and he felt seen and he felt sad and he felt all those things. And so I just have to say, when we're putting content out there, all of us in this room have a level of um, education and intelligence and maturity and storytelling ability. I'm talking about these rangatahi who see themselves on screen under someone else's point of view, not ours, and when they're still trying to find who they are. And actually, that's what we need to remember at every single level. And I'm not even talking about the wairua. Like, you start bringing in the wairua level, actually, that's the stuff that needs to be at the table from the beginning. So I really, really hope that, you know, from the industry, from the top down, from the funders and the commissioners, that actually that internal audit's going on about what you're gatekeeping and what you're allowing through and actually, yeah, how this is all, how this process is going down. Oh, kia ora, Bex. Yes, and it's it's really interesting that you brought up the stuff apology this week mm. as well because it's really great that in a lot of these forum that we come to we do a lot about celebrating about how representation can uplift people and you know how great it is to tell stories and the empowerment but I think also we mustn't forget the power also to do great harm mm. and I think the media in New Zealand has done great harm and you know that time of reckoning it's not just in the news media it's across many other places. So, you know, it, yes, we want to turn that dial and be the uplifting side, but I think it is important to redress, you know, the damage that has been done that we're also now needing to undo. So, well, let's find out what Pitipi's going to do about it. Um, <laughs> um, Pitipi, I'm going to read your uh, impressive bio now. So, Pitipi Curtis is a well-respected film and television producer with a passion for Indigenous storytelling. He's the managing director of Hikoi New Zealand Limited, which has produced Hunting Aotearoa, Kai Safari, Nanakia, and Harakuri. Film credits include Tits on a Bull, an award-winning short, Ahika, Meke, which qualified for a number of international film festivals, Elevation, uh, Kaputa Ko Au, Ara Maru Maru, Mare Kura, and Māori Time. When do you have time for all of this? <laughs> um, so... Um, he also co-directed I2 for this year's Native Slam. Um, Pitipi is an active member of the Steambox Film Collective 
and one of the directors of the Rotorua Indigenous Film Festival, which runs in Rotorua. He sits on the board of directors for Waiaraki Film Studio, the board of Ngāwhakari, and has recently stepped down from the board of Film Bay of Plenty, which was set up to promote the area to the film and television industry. So um, apart from needing a cup of tea and a lie down, Piripi is also associate producer of Vegas, which is being filmed in Rotorua at the moment. Vegas is a Māori story written by Māori, directed by Māori, and co-produced by Māori. And I have no doubt we're going to hear a lot more about that model and how that's working. But um, before we get, really get into those hows in terms of what you're doing, I guess same with, with from Bex. What's the why? Like, why do we, why do we need to indigenise the workflow in the screen industry? Ko rāke ato tūpuna whare, uh, ko ngāti rongo mai te iwi, ko te aro te waka. Um, so I live and work in Rotorua, and our Steambox film collective I'm part of has been on this journey of telling our stories. Just a little brief background, I was a school teacher, I was a fully registered teacher for about 23 years, um, and part of my journey during the teaching is that I would end up with all the kids that were hard to deal with for most of the teachers. So I had a lot of Māori boys, and one of the struggles I had back then, and one of my motivations um, about what I'm doing here in this industry is that when I would look around to, for these boys to look to someone to mentor, who could they grab hold of? Who were the people that they could say, you could be that person, you could be that person, mm. we could do that. There was nothing. Mm. There was no Māoris in the media. There was no positive stories. There was just a lot of negative stories. It was very hard because one of the things I learned was that the internal dialogue of um, our kids can be uplifting or can be um, quite destructive. Mm -hmm. And for most of our Māori kids, it was destructive because there was nothing around that said, you're amazing, you can do this. You're... There was nothing uplifting for them. And so to change that internal dialogue, we need to have the media and the stories that do that for them to, to get mm. the, their voice to change by seeing what they see. Mm. And so I've come to this industry with quite a passion to tell uplifting, positive stories. My Hunting Aotearoa show is about positive Māori men mm. who have had a hell of a time in our industry. Think about all the films where we've got Māori men. It's not good. And so men who take young boys hunting and do really awesome things with them, that's the sort of thing that really interests me. And so... Um, Indigenising our workforce, our, works, our workflow, is really important because we get rid of the, I guess, the stigma that Māori men are angry and change that whole thing of um, how we are and who we are. Mm. And um, so for me, I'm on, currently on this um, project called Vegas with Greenstone TV. I'm having an awesome time. I am loving every bit of it. And we have, I, I think we must have a assembled the largest Māori crew I've ever been a part of, and there's about 60 of us, and I think I think 60 to 70% are Māori working on this from every level. Uh, on a, this is the first time, I think, in the TVN, TVNZ drama where we've got Māori in the producing team. We've got Māori in HODs all over the place. We've got Māori working, and in the cast, I think we get to number 14 in the cast before we move away from Māori actors. It's... Everything about this project is everything I think this subject is about um, because we, as a Steambox Film Collective, 
we've got into a relationship with Greenstone TV, and um, our, I guess, remit was we want an authentic relationship. And that meant everything that we do, from how the story gets written, how the story gets cut, how the story gets made, filmed, lit, um, how the makeup goes on, everything that we do has a Māori lens on it. And I think that's, um, for us, is changing the way in which we own our stuff. We own the stories. The, the writer wrote this amazing script. He wrote it. We've, had, we've contributed and we deal with Māori um, concepts in our Māori way because um, just even the, the, the concepts of tapu and noa have never been dealt with properly, I don't think, in this drama space. So just dealing with those things for us is quite natural, but it's, it's quite new to a lot of people. So I won't go on too much, I'll just... Um, we'll get much more into it, I'm sure. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to, to it. Thanks, Philippi. But we'll turn to introduce our, our final panellists, Lanita. Lanita Ririnui has a long career in factual TV programming and is currently the Kaikōkiri Kaupapa, or Content Commissioner, at Māori Television. So um, she's wearing a Māori Television hat to some extent. Uh, 50-50. Today. Right. I'll be mindful on my court at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, Lanita's worked as a director on various productions, including Haka Global, Marae DIY, Tātai Hono, Good Morning, and My Time. Lanita was the producer, live studio and field director of Lifestyle, Entertainment and Event Programs, Code, Waitangi Day, Aotearoa Reggae All-Stars, Bromasters, Kani Kani Mai, Mātato, and Waiata Māori Music Awards. Uh, she's the founding director of her company, Through the Fire Limited, which was the creator of Poi360, which I believe was one of the first interactive docos First funded. Indigenous interactive um, documentary yeah. site on yep. the Poi. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and then and uh, also <laughs> co-produced and directed web series Poi Hopes and Dreams and 360 short films Fangirl and Poi Poia. So, Lanita, a little bit more. Ko waikwe, hea hapte take. Kia ora kei. Uh, I mahi kawana kia koutou katoa, so kwa tai mai nei, ki te uh, whakarongo ki a mātou. Uh, nō tauranga moana ahau, uh, nā reira, he pāpaka nō rangataua, ki reira, i, i tētahi taha, i te rātutaha, uh, nō ngāpuhi, ngāti wai, ki te taitoki rau. Amari i tērā, uh, he wahine nō ngā mautere a tāhua o rarotonga tumu i te varuvaro hoki. Um, nā reira, ko Lanita Ririnui a hau, uh, hi everyone, I'm Lanita, um, and I'm here today um, as part of this panel to talk about indigenising the workflow, um, essentially because welcome to your health and safety in Māori. Um, you know, like for everyone in this particular time and space, being here in Aotearoa, um, in terms of indigenising the workflow, a real key is um, recognising and re reflecting who you are um, and where you are and what you do. So none of you, well, not many of you can go anywhere, so you're stuck here. So all <laughs> it is is really just um, taking time to acknowledge um, where we are and um, what stories we're all telling while we're here and how we're engaging um, with the places that we travel and the people that we work with. So um, for me, um, I, come, I 
grew up in Tauranga. Um, my whānau were, were integral in, in education movements in terms of kohanga reo in Tauranga. And kura kaupapa, I missed those um, key phases of education, but I was there as part of our whānau to support my brother and sister to come through those movements. So, I mean, the way I saw the world was very, very particular in aligning with the progression of te reo and tikanga Māori in Aotearoa, but I just thought that was just what everybody did. So I got quite a shock when I came to, to Auckland and caught a bus to Manuko, and the lady went, where? I went, oh, I don't know how to say it. And then they said, oh, Manukau, you're going to have to really learn how to say that word, and I just went, Because oh. <laughs> also being a daughter of a Ngāpuhi, Cook Island woman, if any of you know any of that mix, <laughs> the biggest fear I had in the world was that woman. So, you know, yeah, so she shaped the world for me of just, hey, this is what you are, this is what you do. So I never really had any question around that. And it wasn't till I came into the world, and particularly in this industry, I don't, I don't care about TV, I don't care about making stories about here, but stories were an essential part of how we lived in general. This was just another way of documenting them. So back in the day, I was lucky to do the Bachelor of Communication Studies and then um, be one of the few young Māori um, women to go into TVNZ, and that's minority as the days. But my point today is about thinking about perspective, because to me, I was the world, so everyone else was like, mm, OK, well, just wait, because I'll just do what I need to do, because I'd rather try not to piss my mum off and then everyone else, you know. So I had a really interesting perspective. And then now having, um, having brought two kids up, so they're rangatahi, I have a 20-year-old now working at Māori Television, and I have a 16-year-old who came through kōhanga and kura and actually has, has a, a whole other perspective of how the world <laughs> looks to her. Mm. So in talking about perspectives and respecting who you are and where you sit, and where we all are, um, that's the kind of key of indigenising the workflow mm. so that we can all be the best potential for our outcomes. Because um, it's just sometimes you see things and people have experiences and you're like, man, you just missed the beauty there. Mm. We could have we, we shown you all these things that you didn't know, but, oh, kia ora, yep, that's cool content. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's literally that. So that's what indigenising the workflow is for me in coming to this session. Mm. Kia ora, Lanita. And it speaks to that thing of why Māori need to be at the table right from the beginning and in everything you do because it's just inherent, yeah. right? The, the lens that, that is brought and the, the position that you're looking from, yeah. depend, the, the view that you see depends where you're looking from. Mm. Yeah, and so I think there's, a, there's a word that's used a lot called authenticity, but it's very, very different for us because it's ancestry. Mm. So you may do your authentic story and leave, mm. We don't. Mm. We, we, we can never leave it because then we have the pressure of those who came before us and, and did we carry that enough mm. for them? And then we've got the future generations of, man, I don't want them to have to carry this. Mm. So ancestry is, is something that I think is mm. what makes it particularly different mm. for us. Yeah. yeah. So what we thought we'd do um, is, you know, we've been talking at that sort of quite high-level philosophical, like why mm. we need to do this sort of thing. And so we thought that we'd get each of you to talk a little bit around actually sort of how do you, how does that show itself up in, in practice 
in, in terms of in the way that you actually approach your filmmaking. So I think you were going to kick us off, Bex, and talk to us a little <laughs> bit about a couple of the projects you've been on and what that actually means to take that whakaaro and, and how it actually changes how you run a shoot day or, you know, what, what actually happens that, that shows, how does it manifest itself, I guess. Cool. Um, so I was going to talk about both, I shot Hinekura um, and Vai three weeks apart, not by design. It was horrendous. But um, both of those films were about reinstating, uh, reinstating female karaki and divine feminine and that kind of thing. So with Vai, you know, it was its own construct. We had, you know, we had a short amount of time to write it and then we had to shoot it, you know, one day to rehearse it and then one day to shoot it. And I chose to shoot Vai down where I'm from in my hometown of Motueka and out a place called Iwaka Source, which was originally a wahitapi wahine, where women used to birth in the freezing cold waters. And um, during that time, my niece was about to have her first baby and I took her there and we did karakia. And I'm telling you, the environment went hot around us and it was the middle of winter because everyone shot there on their beautiful islands. And I shot mine in Motueka at the base of a mountain in August. Um, and so, but actually, um, so there was so much around that. And, uh, you know, if you go to that place, all of the corded all there is around our male ancestors. Um, and so it's really been removed, our, our wahine, our female kōrero. And so I wanted to shoot there and shoot this ceremony with this kuiya and her great mokopuna in the water. Um, and so this is what I mean by, um, you know, so this was the process. I had Rhonda Tibble with me, and she was one of the main actors, and Hinetu Dell, both amazing uh, Ngāti Pura wahine. And during that whole process, we all had to do preparation to get us to that point where we could shoot the film. So there was a lot of karakia, but we also took off our clothes and we had a puri in the water on the day that we did our walkthrough, not the day of our shoot. It was all me, the cast, and our producer, Kyle McNaughton. And there was also the kōrero around nothing being a coincidence within that space because it was very, very tapu-tapu. So, you know, so Kyle's um, whakapapa, mine, the actors, everyone had a place of what we were bringing to the space and why we were all there together. Um, and, and then on the shoot day, uh, we went and did a karakia up at the main source. And that was big. And it was really interesting. The crew were really struggling. So there was a lot of healing stuff going on. And then we shot our film and we had three pipi because, you know, three hours door to door. And so we had three pipi throughout the day. One was in the first part of the day. And then we had two in the second part. And the the karakia to the pipi changed based on what that little girl, what her whakapapa was. So it wasn't a script. I mean, we had a script, but actually during the ceremony part, when Rhonda and Hinetu did their karakia and their ceremony in the water, it changed based on, so the first pipi, there was a certain karakia to that one because of who she was and who, who, who her tupuna were. <coughs> And then our last one, which is the one who was in the film, she got a different cut of care as well. So that's the so that is um, an example of how of how different, you know, just doing a cut of care in the morning or just you know making a Maori story as opposed to actually te kanga wairua first, and then you make a film as part of that, following on once you've adhered to all those things. And we finished shooting at like I don't know six o'clock in the at night, and within ten hours that whole so that place had just flooded. It was like we couldn't have shot there. It was completely gone. 
And then, so then three weeks later, then we shot Hinekura and Charlene George is here, who was my producer on that. And that was its own process, wasn't it, babe? <laughs> She's like, oh, this is different. Um, <laughs> everything was Wairua guided. So everywhere that we shot, everywhere that we went to. Um, and so this photo that you can see on screen was, um, like, for example, on the first day we had four scenes scheduled. Um, we shot one scene because it rained like you wouldn't believe. People were um, comparing it to Helm's Deep. <laughs> Like, there was mud up to here. It was dangerous. We're on this, like, side of a hill. We had to try and put ropes on and get down. It was less like, what? You know, and Charlene was just going, it's so bad. I was like, the ancestors told me to come here. <laughs> um, but so this photo was on the very, very last day of our shoot, and that was the very last scene, and that was the ceremony scene. <coughs> and um, we went, and so Lara uh, helped us to find this location. So we went through the iwi at, at all times, made sure that we got, made sure that we got everyone's support. Um, and so went to go and shoot at this place I found, in the, and it had caved in, and so I was like, it's okay, it's down the other end. And we walked down the other end, and there was this beautiful cave that we shot in, um, and it was like, it was like a vagina. I'm not even kidding. It was like a vagina. And we were, we were taking, in the story, we are taking this young Kōtero's first menstrual blood and putting it back into Papatūnuku with, with um, ceremony and prayer. And we, so as we were shooting it, and I could feel that it was just like getting harder and harder and nothing was working. And then the, the generator just stopped working. And I was just like, oh. And I said, I went and got Rhonda. I was like, sis, she's not happy. You need to come and do something. So she waded into the water and she did a karanga. And she asked the cave, the whenua, to please let us finish this mahi. And as soon as her karanga finished, and I'm talking like microsecond, the generator started working again and the lights went, and everyone just went, okay, let's get this done and get along out here. <laughs> so, you know, so that's, um, I guess, I think, on a, if we're talking about um, indigenizing mm. the thing, uh, the workflow, it is really about bringing in all the layers and making sure that we are honoring every aspect of um, wairua tikanga um, and te ao Māori. And then when we've done that, um, we will get supported in telling our stories, but I will also have the layers that it deserves and the richness that it deserves um, to be told. And also, it comes back to what Anita was saying about health and safety. You know, we've had such a focus on that and other aspects of the industry in recent years, and that, that spiritual safety, the tikanga safety of being able to do it. And, you know, I can hear a, a line producer or a production manager right now thinking, how many crew hours are we going to lose? Uh, yeah. Doing all of that, you know, um, but that's the, that's when it comes back to funding, right? Because we've actually then yeah. got to make space and budgets as well to actually be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who wants to go next? Talking about some practical examples. Uh Okay, so some some of the things that we're doing with our production Vegas in terms of indigenising. Uh, one of the things we've recognised um, in our show, there are some suicide. <laughs> moments um, and we realised uh, after the very first one, because I'm new to the big size production, um, that one of our characters had to put a gun to his head and I remember him coming out of the car shaking, going, mm. shit, I've never done that before I, and he was shaking and I went, ah, oh, duh. So we've now ins instigated a policy of when we deal with anything to do with suicide moments or scenes or, or the act of suicide, 
uh, we will actually um, have a karakia um, to, to allow the actors to go to that space. And I kind of um, relate it more to the fact that our, when our warriors went off to, to fight, they, there was a tohi, a pūre, there was a process on which they were prepared for battle and they had to f it allowed them to go into a very tapu place. Mm. And once they finished fighting, if they came back, they didn't go and meet anybody, they came straight back to that same place and we would do that ritual again to take them out. It's also another way in which we dealt with PTSD for our warriors mm. um, is through this ritualisation of that. So when an actor has to go into the space mm. of suicide, they, they're not pretending, they have to find something inside to actually bring out some darkness. And, and that, in the same sense that a warrior goes to battle, they go into a tapu space, it's the same for our actors when they go into that space. So we now have a karakia, uh, we ask people don't eat and drink on set while we do that. And while that we get through that moment, then we all stand around and we do the karakia again to get them out and we allow them to be in that space uninhibited and supported. And it also reminds me of the story that Nancy Brunning talked about when she was filming a scene, um, a tangi scene at a marae, and there was a coffin there, and they had the young actor lying down, and had everybody there in the mm. set, and it was full of a lot of people who had never been in a tangi, and the, the director called action. And she said, all I knew to do was do what I do when I'm in a tangi, and she tangied and wailed. Mm. The boy sat bolt upright, freaked out, Crew were upset left, right and centre and the whole thing turned into quite a bit of a mess. And Nancy said, no one made, no one thought to make it safe mm. for, for me, for the boy, for anybody else who actually doesn't know this process. And so mm. um, I think it's really important that we um, understand the process of wairua, which we're talking mm. about. Because acting is not pretending, acting is mm. bringing stuff mm. out for me. And yeah. so it's like, you're dealing at the wairua realm, even though you're being paid to do that, mm. You move into that realm, we need to protect our people. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we're doing. The other thing that we um, have uh, instigated is stunt kai. Um, now, stunt kai sounds a bit strange, but <laughs> one of our characters is we takahi her, the mana of this particular character. And so we, in the Māori world, tapu and noa, common, are the two opposite forces. And food is related with noa. Kai. So um, that's why when you go to Pohiri, we know food on the marae, we have the speeches, we have the hongi, then we go and eat. Mm. It takes the tapu away from you, eating, and that's why you come out of an urupa, we wash our hands with water because water takes the tapu off you. Mm. So when food is rubbed into someone's head, you are taking the tapu right off their head. Now that for us is a huge transgression, but it was used to uh, signify status or lowering of status mm. and it's not a pleasant thing and it's actually it's an unhealthy <laughs> thing for us to happen. So for this character, our thing is we've had to create some stunt kai that is something that looks and feels like food but we found something that's soap based. And just being aware of these things for us is um very it's you know it's news for a lot of the industry that what stunt kai you have to you can't just rub a cake in somebody's head. For us, no, that's culturally mm. so unsafe. So it's just a matter of having Māori involved. This is what happens when you get Māori involved at every level mm. to actually foresee these things coming so we can actually put a plan in place, not on the day. Mm -hmm. Because you could imagine if people come and it's on the day, you'll be running around finding what. Um, so we've had time to put that in place. So it's another, I guess, um, indigenising the workflow. Mm, that's a beautiful mm. example. Do you think... Um, 
there's ever, have, well, have you encountered, probably not on Vegas, but a resistance perhaps. You know, we, we hear it in other spheres of people who aren't Māori who object to having tikanga Māori imposed upon them. In their, in your, it's, a, it's a narrative we hear a lot in workplaces and why should we have to do that stuff? Are, are, you, are we talking with this that we want to see the indigenising the workflow come across the screen sector in its entirety because we're on whenua Māori. How do we balance, like, when are we imposing tikanga Māori, perhaps on others who don't subscribe to it? I think the long-term goal is that every production will start to include tikanga because if we talk about treaty partnership and, mm. and the dialogue and the conversation has been, you know, we're all one, and, you know, we, why aren't we just all one? We say, OK, let's, let's all be Māori then. <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> So that conversation around if there's no Māori on set and there's not a Māori story, but that whole thing of, well, actually, if we want to be really true to that, that, that um, I guess, the signing of the treaty, our people signed with the belief that we would be one. Um, now it's time for our Pākehā to come and join us in that, in that I guess, commitment to being one mm. and learning to deal, learning tikanga, indigenising the way in which you come to a thing, I think that'll be a long-term goal. For our Vegas production, there is no question, everybody <laughs> who come on was told before they even got anywhere near it. This is part of what we're doing. It is a Māori production, and are you on board? Because part of being a Māori production is also we're building capacity, so you're going to teach. You're also going to help bring up others as well. Choice. You're not going to just come and do your job and walk away. No. We have a commitment to grow. Our people. So everybody's come on ours is um, really committed to it. And in fact, some of our staunchest um, allies in terms of we've included Māori and everything. We're using Māori for our, our young kids. You can see there um, some of our trainees. The clapperboards, I'm getting them to do it all in te reo. Um, all the calls as much as we can. And some of the staunchest people for promoting te reo on our set is Hariata, mm. who's our uh, producer, who is Park as you English, but she is very staunch, very pushy when it comes to everybody knew when they come, this is our kaupapa. They just need to get on board. So unapologetic, which Lara and I are going, ooh, this is <laughs> um, feisty. So um, we're trying to, one of our things, we, we've developed a cultural warrant of fitness and TVNZ had, had us do a sort of cultural warrant of fitness of how we're going to include it. So we created, a, I guess, a document with all the tangas, manaki tanga, you know, aroha, um, kaitiaki tanga, but also making it really tangible so that it's observable objectives, so that it's not just eerie, fairy stuff. Mm. So we've created this thing so people can actually understand what it is to be in this space, what it means. You know, whakamana te tangata. So when you're dealing with people, be kind because mm. um, it gets tetchy at best of times, mm. um, especially in the night shoots. It gets long hours. So learning to be kind and making sure that we do things that enhance people um, and not shoot people down. And so Beautiful. we're looking at the way in which productions run. And we've got a lot of people who are really experienced. They come from other productions. And we're now getting to a point where we're becoming unapologetic about some of the ways in which these big productions run don't fit the way in which we operate. Because mm. production's made for Māori. It's like we've become this big whānau, and being in a big whānau, it's like, 
you know, this is my job, don't come here and people point fingers, we're not into that. We want actually people to actually contribute and help each other. And mm. with all our kids, we've got our kids involved. We did a lot of training. So we did 20 students who came and um, we gave them six weeks and said, we're accelerating your learning and we're, we're going to put you into production in six weeks' time. Of the 20, we've got 16 fully employed who by week two um, have just turned out to be amazing. The picture there, some of our trainees, nephews and, and <laughs> stuff, and they are amazing. They are now fully employable in any production. So overnight, yeah. um, Vegas has doubled the number of Māori um, in the industry um, in Rotorua because of these kids have just flown with it. And mm. I... So MSD supported us for that first six weeks. Um, Vegas, the production, is supporting them now. Um, MSD want to do it again, so do we, um, with the next lot of productions that we can get in. Um, and uh, so I guess in terms of um, the, the digitising the workflow, it doesn't get more indigenous when you get kids out of our kura kaupapa who turn up on mm. set and we pass the karakia around, so we're doing karakia to start and we do karakia to, to, to wrap when our first AD can remember. Um, but we, we, we're taking it softly. It's not about um, hammering it into people, but it's just bringing everybody on that journey to get used to it. And I guess in mm. terms of the rest of the productions, it's coming, guys. Mm. It's coming for all of us. Just embrace. We're here to help. We want to help people do this, change the way in which we do it in New Zealand. Don't care about the rest of the world, but you're here on Whenua Māori. You're here because of a treaty. <coughs> you have a responsibility to start thinking about how do you personally um, grow your awareness, your understanding, even grow your language, even mm. grow your commitment to being, you know, hiiwi kotahi tate. Mm. Kia ora. Kia ora. So, Lanita, do you agree that the, that aspiration should be to get that cultural warrant of fitness sort of notion just across the board? That's just an expectation across all productions, regardless of whether they're identified as Māori productions or kaupapa Māori programming? Yeah. Um, I, th I think you'll enjoy it. I think, I think for those who have not experienced it, um, and it is like, uh, you know, connecting with the right people. You can't just dial a Māori and they're going to be the one for you. It doesn't roll like that. Um, but finding the right match, it's like dial a director. Well, do you even know how to do scripted your factual? I don't know. There's, there's, there's that concept out there, which um, really needs to change. And um, the value, the value of what it adds to your kaupapa is massive. Mm. I mean, essentially it's like going, this is going to sound really, really simple, but I'm such a survivor like that. I'm like, everything, you know, at the end of a, whatever you're doing, how cool is the kai? <laughs> so how have you, hey, how, you know what I mean? Tell, tell like, us about some of your stuff and, and how you think you've worked differently. Um, I'll give you an example of um, we were doing a shoot actually in your area of Tiarua, um for Poi 360, and we only had a day really to shoot it. Um, we had a story at Fakarewa, then we had a story out at Awaho, but um, we had a small crew. There was me, um, Soundy director. The Soundy was from there, Teeps. And then the directors from Tauranga, where I'm from. Well, schedule-wise, what happened is they ended up being three tangi. So, um, you know, you've got, like, tight budget, you've got tight time, and then you're, like, three tangi. Oh, well, I don't know how anyone else would deal with that. 
but because we know each other and it was, it's a, it's a felt like an automatic thing when we go, oh, well, okay, because also you've got to be mindful of your talent. Mm. We're going to your area. Oh, well, the body's coming at this time at Awaho and oh, we're only available here now because we got to go down to the um, marae at that time. But it was a very, very easy um, reschedule just to sit down and go, oh, okay, so when's it happening? When's it happening? All right. Oh, well, we'll just see if, if, if they can do it yes. Mm. You know, and you've got all these epic ideas of real magic to make. But then when you're presented with things like that, we'll go, you know what? We'll just see what we can do mm. and just, just, just go with it. Which um, it just ended up working out really beautifully in the places that we went and the timing of light and the timing of rain and the interaction that we had with the people we were speaking to because they understood that we were mindful of where they were at and what they had to prepare for in mm. terms of um, their loved ones. Um, Tipene actually was connected to someone who, um, whose tangi it was, so we were mindful about him. Mm. Um, and then me and the Kazirangi were connected to another tangi just over the hill in Tauranga, so we were mindful about ourselves. But it's like um, COVID, where I felt like at Fakata Māori, we're, we're very good at dealing with, is it trauma? I don't know. Um, we're very good. It's like ringing, it's a call from the marae going, hey, this has happened, and everyone rolling in mm. to do what they need to do. And, and, and there's no expectation of what you have to do. There's just a, hey, here's my hand, I, mm. how about this? And it's a very, very open and organic process. Mm. And I think that's because of us as Māori, we, we deal with, that kind of thing um, well in our lives and then also actually in the industry. There's a lot of trauma around here. Well, do you um, think it's you know, also just, because um, so many crew and all of us that work together on Kaupapa Māori, it is because it's about the Kaupapa. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's so often you're working with people where it's not just, it's not just a gig. So yeah. they're not going to have a hissy that you're going to have a cancellation day y yeah. or something. Um, yeah. There's actually that well, we genuine... Well, we didn't cancel. It just that, all worked out but for But, you us. know, yeah. people are um, accommodating more because they're literally all on that co-papa yeah. together. Yeah, and it is that mindfulness of, oh, we'll just cancel and not worry about your crew. Just, just we'll cancel you and get someone else and it wasn't like that. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's part of the thing that we do to take care of each other that's a little bit extra. Mm. Perhaps other crews out there have that kind mm. of thing, but I have only really found it in um, Kaupapa Māori or maybe some of our Pacifica um, Kaupapa where that mindfulness is, is a bit more there. Yeah. Worrying about everybody in that sense. Mm. Yeah. We've got some questions starting to come in through this Flash um, app here. There's actually a couple here that are um, in, in a very similar lane, sort of around how do we make sure that doing this and whether if it's going to be instituted, particularly, I guess, in any kind of formal process of a cultural strategy or warrant of fitness, how do we avoid that becoming tokenistic and box ticking? This is a, a question, an anonymous <laughs> question. If you would like to identify and <laughs> extrapolate more. Um, yeah, so just that's just a, a good point, I think, from the audience. What's the... To stop it from being tokenistic? Yeah. Um, I think... Yeah, I think it's that normalising thing. I think probably however many decades ago when they brought in stunt coordinating, when that got brought in, people go, oh, no, I'm not going to get any, like, proper stunts and stuff. And then now if you've got anything, it's like, oh, we've got to get the stunt coordinator in. And, they, and it's the same with the intimacy stuff that's coming through now. It's like, oh, but then I want the, you know, I want the reactions between the two actors. I was like, fuck off, dude. You know, and actually more and more now, 
I would not do your Hoover, but more and more now. <laughs> do you do? Probably. Um, it's like, okay, we've got these scenes coming. You know, actually, we've got to bring in an intimacy coordinator. So actually, at the beginning of stuff, when it's getting implemented, people are going to have hoolies all the time. This country is racist, man. If you just look at any, any news, anything, and you look at the comments from middle New Zealand, it is a racist country. Um, and so that's, once again, it's got to go back to the heads. It's got to go back to these... Um, oh, kia ora. It's got to go back to these, you know, the production companies doing the internal audits, the commissioners, the funders, everyone do their internal audits, and then that's just what's implemented and that's what you've got. Well, because we were talking earlier around that the fine line between having that or um, making it a way in which p companies that aren't Māori-owned can access those funding strands... Um, yeah. and giving them, you know, how do we not have it a pathway where it's just providing the mechanisms by which non-Māori companies can access Rotaki Māori funding. You've had some off. strong opinions, Yeah, yeah, yeah so we, we had a bit of a debate about this um, because in the past, um, NZ on Air have had the policy of uh, the top three, a writer, director and producer, and of those three, two should be Māori, but if you go back, if, if NZ On Air was to do the same what um, uh, Stuff have just done, it uh, would uncover a lot of stuff, a huge amount, when, you know, you've got the likes of Police 107 being classified as Rotaki funding. Um, but that doesn't work. That, is, that clearly <laughs> does not work. So the, the thing that we were talking about is that actually a, Rotaki funding, if it's designated for Māori funding, it really should be producing, it really should the ownership, and this is about IP, mm. IP integrity, IP mm. ownership, that's what Rotaki funding should be. Now, then we had this conversation of, what, well, what if I, someone wants to tell my story of my dad and his Māori, or my ancestor, it's very Māori, but I like this Pākehā, and he can go and get all this money and he can make it actually happen and we'll get good production values. Why can't he just go and tell a story? And I think the, the argument is they can go and tell the story, they just can't access the Rotaki funding if we're going to be committed to uh, what Rotaki's intention and purpose is, is to have Māori tell our stories, not companies with consultants. I think, I think I feel, I feel like that era, it's a, that's an era that's gone, hopefully. So. But the, I think yeah. there'll still be remnants pop up now and then. But, that day of um, let's put people's name down and they disappear from the actual production, that's happened a lot. The, so getting Māori to own, I think, is really the, where we should be heading. And this is, uh, I guess, where our uh, funding agencies should start re-looking at as part of the Kaupapa. Yes? What if you don't want to run a company? What if you're a creative and you you know, like you, you want to be a creator, you don't necessarily want to be a business owner. I think that's one of the... Do you still own the IP? Well, yeah, I guess that... Okay, you know, like this, yeah. Because mm. if it's your story and you've brought it to the table, but then the Pākehā producer gets all the rights to it... No, you know, some production companies are internationally owned, Pākehā companies, but they have Indigenous units and they have Māori producers within that, but they may not necessarily own that. I think those are sticky issues. Sorry. No, 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 no,
owning a production company and can they and should they be able to go and work. I think there's some muddied waters there as well mm. of really what the purpose, and it's always been muddied a little bit about what is the purpose of that, if it's defined as rotaki Māori, particularly probably in the NZ on airs, like how much of it is about capacity building how, yeah. and how much of it is actually about the story. And it's almost like it's, it's, it's had two taskmasters, that, that way of defining it. So. At, at the bottom line, though, of putting in any initiative that funds Māori is because there's no Māori stories being told. And, and if you just look at our history in terms of New Zealand drama, how many Māori dramas have there been on TV? That was the purpose. That was the purpose to get Māori on TV. It was the purpose to Māngai Pāho was created in the first place. Is because we weren't seeing ourselves. Mm. And that's why a lot of people fought for Māori television, for Te Māngai Pāho, and they even fought to get Rautaki some acknowledgement and some funding to create Māori content. Bottom line, and we still don't have... We're just starting to see it now yeah. with, with Vegas, a little, with Head High, um, but there's so much more to be done. There's, um, there is a question in here that's probably is more directed at Film Commission and NZ on A, and we've got them right here. So um, <laughs> feel free to weigh in, Amy. <laughs> Karen. Um, so uh, the question, it's not my question, from the audience, um, do, and, that, and for the panel, of course, do you feel that any, um, New Zealand Film Commission and NZ on Air are doing enough to work alongside and promote these ways of working, as in more Indigenous ways of working, and what, if not, how can we help them to do more and better? I mean, I know I spoke just before around funding, mm. uh, inevitably allowing in the budget, you know, money to be able to work like that. Any other advice for Film Commission and NZL Air? And they can feel free to talk It's a well. funny one. I sit here with, um, as a practitioner, but also as a commissioner, in a smaller way, um, just because once... I understand that when you get to a different level, you see different things. And so, you know, having to work with funders a lot more closely and the way things work, I um, have a bit more understanding about um, the processes and how long things take. So um, there, there, is, there is a process. Um, even at the commissioning level, I know at Whakata Māori, in the year that I've been there, we've really looked at the assessments and the way that we look at projects that come through. Um, and I know in working with Te Māngai Pāho, I believe if they didn't have the budget code specifically for um, the Te Reo and Tikanga consultant, there would not be that particular consideration because at the end of the day, um, we already are underfunded mm. massively. Um, if I talk about Ahikaroa, that is made um, at... Is it a third? God, that's pitiful. Still made at like a third... Um, of the budget of other dramas in New Zealand, but it delivers in terms of what it does for Te Reo and Te Kinga Māori massively beyond also in terms of reflecting um, rangatahi because, you know, they don't even want to watch TV and, and mm. things like that. We're, we're, we're now cross-platform, and that's a space I came from before I came back to the marae of Whakata Māori, mm. is, is understanding that, that type of reach and that type of way of our future generations and how they want to engage with our stories. So um, that's probably my feedback on you can only do so much and everyone works so hard. And we are actually um, a small capacity for something that has massive value and people need to recognise the value in that. Until we were valued with a budget code, 
mm. from a funder, yeah. it just went, oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Film Commission have started down the right track. They've appointed Karen. They, they are, mm. are mildifying that institution mm. from the inside out. Mm. And, and all credit to New Zealand Air, they've got happy there. Um, but we need to create positions of responsibility for Māori. And these institutions need to have, um, a, I guess, a, a, a policy where Māori are at the table where decisions get made. Um, and that's the change that needs to come. I think it's the next step and the evolution. There's, I feel like there's a big awakening going on right now yeah. by a lot of people, because um, these conversations we're having now, I think I'd be spat at um, 10 years ago, mm. 20 years ago, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what's happened to change it, but I love it. I love where we're going mm. and I love, and I'm just, I'm putting my hand up to say I'm here to help. If anybody needs help doing this, mm. I'm here to help. And so is Ngaho Fakati. We've been committing to be advocates for change. So I'm on the board there, and I know that our, our board want change to happen. And so I know we'll make ourselves available for, to do that if you need Ngao Fukadi's help in changing things for the better. And decision-making in that true sense of partnership, right? Mm. So we're not talking about Māori come in and get to have an opinion over what project's already been defined as being Māori. We're talking about needing Māori across the entire slate of everything. Okay, we're talking about building pathways and how can the funders help that? Have you got anything you want to weigh in, Karen? Or? Yeah, um, sorry, there's no extra mics, but you can have mine if you want. Um, you actually hear a little bit from tomorrow, but this, you know, having Māori drive a rautaki is really important. So it's already, it's great to have a rautaki in name only, but when you have Māori, not just one, but actually growing the team and bringing alongside our Māori staff within the organisation to feel that they are valued to drive the rautaki within all of their work. So not all of the Māori work in the rautaki, but all of their work, the minute you value Māori in that space, everyone's happy and comfortable to be Māori in that space. Mm, and yeah. that changes the dynamic in an organisation. Mm. In terms of the policies, we have the Rautaki Māori of the Te Tumufakata Taonga, and we had specific funds that were allocated. But part of the mahi that we've done has actually to go across all of the funds to ensure that there is Māori consideration. In fact, by doing that, we also then remind that there's Pacifica and Asian mm. and LGBTQI, because if you are true to tangata whenua and tangata tiriti, then actually you acknowledge everybody as being valued for their indigeneity, for their ancestry. Mm -hmm. And if you value tangata whenua first, then you will value everyone else the same way. The second part for the mahi that we are doing is because we've, you know, I've come from the industry into the film commission and also learnt how hard it was to actually make a goddamn film. And something that you don't realise until you make it, that you didn't really know what the hell you were doing. And so when you do that, you go, okay, when I come in, I'm going to be 
changing so many things, then you realise, oh, you do that because of that. And then there's a financial accountability to the government. And then there's these things here, and there's international. And you go, shit, there's so much I didn't know I didn't know. And that's the biggest gap between our whānau moving from TV into film, into what is seen as sort of the epitome and the elite of this industry, is because we didn't know what we didn't know. And a lot of that, what we didn't know, isn't based on our ancestry. It's not based on our value system. So we have to then retrain, and we also then have to help non-Māori to train in being Māori. So these are the things that for Māori units in, whether it's education, whether it's in the Film Commission, that's what we deal with. So one of the things that you'll hear tomorrow, and it's been part of a catch cry of Australia, is nothing about us without us. And so how we're going to reflect that is kia pono, kia tika, kia ngai tātou te Māori. And that's basically going to require that, and this is a proposal in terms of reviewing the rautaki, which is time to do for the next three or four years going forward, is to ask that those companies coming in who want and have Māori content actually have to provide their warrant of fitness, inclusion, engagement, whatever other label we want to call it, that they actually have to have that before they even put their name on the paper. They won't get in the door until you actually... And this isn't just for the rautaki. This is actually for all of the funds that Mm. we are proposing. Because the rautaki is the strategy not just for Māori. It's for the industry in terms of the funding that we have to allocate. And so that's what's important. We hear Mm. what you are saying. This is part of a conversation that's been going on for years and years. Mm. And so part of the changes, we've been polite in making sure we've got the funds, we've put all of that up in terms of the Rautaki supporting a lot of our Māori filmmakers and our non-Māori filmmakers to help and get their projects up. It's been really great to see a lot of the challenges in social media of people saying, no, we don't like this and we don't like that. And that's cool because we're actually used to being challenged. That's what hui Māori are. You come to hui, you've got to be prepared to be challenged by your own. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do that, then we're not doing a good job. <laughs> the key is actually listening. What are, what are they saying? What, why are they saying that? What is in our process that doesn't support what Māori are saying and why we need to have this accountability? And the other thing is then it has an impact back on us. Because the minute we say you need cultural advice and directors and creatives, then it's, we then have to create those pathways for our people. We need more writers and directors and producers and consultants and real advisors. And that's the great thing about us and the sustainability for the industry. Nā reira, tēnā koutou. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Uh-uh. Do you, did you want to comment hands. at all? Um, either? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. You up there. I know you'll have uh, some time tomorrow, but this will be a slightly different audience, I think. <clears throat> so I am the Potuku um, Putia at Iridangi Timotu, the head of funding. Uh, I've been in the role about two years and I count myself out for kind of a year because I had a baby. So I'm, I really, really appreciate everything that we're talking about and we feel very, very deeply at NZ On Air. We know our space that we hold and we know what we need to do better. And one of the things I think I've noticed just philosophically, even just in the time that I've been there, is that we, we talk now about where we understand the money matters and how it needs to flow. And I think previously the conversation was, if we start to reflect where we need to fund and resource this mahi better, we're going to inflate budgets, you make less content and... That feels to me like that's just entirely flipped on its head now because we, we are saying 
where that money goes means these stories are told better and we are reflected, we, we see ourselves reflected. So we feel a really strong commitment that we need to do more and we need to do better. And I think there's been a little paralysis about how we do that and how we do that right and, and the steps you need to take. But it just feels like a sea change in terms of openness about how we can do that. So mm. really appreciate it. And yeah, let's keep talking about all of this. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. And thanks for all... Um, you're doing. I think, yeah, I mean, I, th I think there does seem to be a real sense of optimism on mm. um, this panel, and I mean, I've been at these for a, a many, more than, more years than I want to admit, <laughs> um, coming to these kinds of sessions, and I would say this is probably the most optimistic one. What do you think, Māori Ma? Uh, are we more optimistic than we were before? Um, so, um, I'm got, there's a couple of specific ones I'll get from here. Um, how does the panel feel about Pākehā who feel drawn to tell Māori stories in consultation with Māori? Uh, cultural appropriation has been a big issue and is still an issue, and I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, my first thing is any Pākehā who wants to tell a Māori story, I, I love the fact that they want it, they feel attracted, but the problem is you can't. That's the bottom line. We've had since the inception of television in New Zealand to now, we've had Pākehā tell Māori stories all over the place. Enough. Really, it's just, just enough. Take a step back. Um, we may get to a space where Māori get to tell enough stories that we go, actually, we like this perspective. But we're, not, we're years away from um, allowing that to happen just yet because we haven't been able to tell our own stories. Mm. That's the biggest issue for us. We need to tell our stories. New Zealand need to see us. Mm. They need to see and hear our stories from our perspective. We don't even know our history. And then the only history that New Zealand's ever been exposed to is, is a, a Pākehā version of our history. Mm. We need Māori to tell our stories, our history as well. So all of these things are, are um, really important to, to acknowledge that Māori need a turn. We need a turn, really. I'm going to add to that because um, it's absolutely true, um, but also there's not a lot of us. And um, in general, in the industry, in, in this particular year for the industry, I've also seen um, production houses disappear because of COVID. So I'm going to be a realist about this, Kopapa, mm. and, and, and say, yeah, we need to tell our own stories, but um, we need to all partner together because we all need to share skills. So I know in my own experience, man, I, there's some amazing DOPs out there. They ain't Māori, but they get me. Mm -hmm. When we made Poi360, <laughs> the um, web developer is Swedish, but he got me on a cultural value level from what he had to do when he created a, a similar type of site um, for a museum from where he was from. He understood what I meant. Mm. So... Um, Yes, Māori need to tell their own stories so that their voices are there, but we can't do it alone. We need collaboration. And this is part of the sharing and understanding that um, if you guys are open to, to really, really joining in the experience and then supporting us in ways we don't know, with skills that we don't currently have, it can be such a beautiful thing and, and other things can come out of it because... We're still trying to grow capacity this particular year with some production companies 
just disappearing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real acknowledgement to understand what do we have and all survive together. I mean, I'm very mindful of this COVID situation. We kind of currently have no choice, but, I, but I'm all good about it. I feel like it's a force to actually work together and, and see what we can come up with, um, with what we have. And I, and I almost believe that if we didn't have the pandemic and weren't locked here and other people weren't locked out, we would not have had the opportunities that we have mm. to actually all work together. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite hopeful mm. um, in the future um, and what we can all do together. Um, also <coughs> mindful, you know, like commissioners across all the networks, can I just tell you, some of them came from Fakata Māori, they're all Māori. So if we want to talk about how things have changed and reflected, we got brown women up in there, that's one. You got hippie over there. You got um, Blake down there, Blake and Sunny. So that has had real, real impact on why now it's becoming more evident. Yeah, and especially because up until fairly recently, it was really the yeah. commissioners that were holding the keys to the kingdom. So, um, you know, in terms of certainly from New Zealand on air's point of view, if things weren't getting across the line at a network, they were never even going to get across to even try and get funding. Mm. So, Bex, what do you think about, is there a space and should there be for Pākehā that want to tell Māori stories? No. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got three minutes to go. Um, can, can, can <laughs> I, that was a fairly definitive answer. <laughs> can I um, just say that, it's not to say that Pākehā can't be involved with telling Māori yeah. stories. No. We've got the, a really awesome example with Greenstone TV and Steambox Film Collective. Mm -hmm. um, they've honoured the commitment of authentic relationship. And so we as Māori feel like we're getting to say our stuff, but we're working with Pākehā and, and, you know, it's really important that you're not locked out. It's just who's in, who, how do you share the process of power in that, that storytelling? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Who's in ownership? Yeah. So, uh, well, what happens? Yeah, so talk. Find someone, if you want, if you want to get involved with an um, uh, individual or person or a group like our Steambox Film Collective, we have get approached um, a bit recently. Mm -hmm. um, and I suspect when Vegas goes to air, there'll be a lot more people come knocking. And we're prepared and we're ready for that because we, we're about opening the dialogue. It's not about shutting it down and we're open to looking at ways. And we've developed, Steambox Film Collective, have developed our own gold standard relationship guide for us, for ourselves so that we're clear on what, when we go to any corridor, what we expect out of a relationship. And it comes down to that partnership and power sharing, doesn't it, rather than just hiring somebody in yeah. to, to give you access to the mm. funding. We are kind of running out of time. Um, we've got through most of the questions. There's quite a specific tikanga one here um, that we might just say maybe we'll talk about that at the end of the session. If you've asked a question that didn't get answered, um, maybe come up and talk to us after because I think we just, um, it's quite specific. Um, because we are at the end of the session and mm. respecting the tikanga of Big Screen Symposium, um, I'm going to just finish off and by thanking all three of you. Um, thank you all for sharing. I mean, we could. You know, it's, like I say, I'm feeling uplifted and I never say that after coming to one of these sessions. <laughs> so uh, thank you all um, for bringing a positive spin. And I'm... Um, thank you.
think I'm going to throw it to Lanita to close us off because, you know, we're equal okay. opportunities with karakia up here. Yes, yes, let's all leave you with white or a pie. Um, thanks, Kay, for um, facilitating this corridor. You did really well, and we, got, we did really well not getting too angry. So we did that lunch. No, no, you're right. You're your voice, you're Puala. Um, thanks. Thanks, everybody here for coming. It's really, really important to have everyone here. I told half my mates to go somewhere else so they could tell me about the other sessions uh, when I finished. But um, it's really lovely to have everyone's support and just have everyone here to be involved in the corridor because that's the most important thing about these things. Um, thanks, Script to Screen, for having this session because half the time it's about including this type of corridor in this type of space. So, amuri um, tērā, me tū tātou, mō te karakia ki te whakakapine. So, i rongi te wairua pai o te rangi Māori. Uh, I te māngai ngā nahero pono me te tokotoru tapu. Kia te tui o hoa nga koutou ki wainganu i tēnei whakamoimiti tēnei wānanga hoki. Hei tataringa kupu katoa e whakapua ki nga nei rotu tauaroha noa. Pai heretia ki te rangi Māori ngā wā katoa. Ko te māngano hoki ai tau toko kia pima kia tūturu. Ai anai āki nei. Āmene. Kia ora. Thank you, everybody. The Big Screen Symposium 2020 was brought to you by Script to Screen and J&A Productions. We gratefully thank our event partners, the New Zealand Film Commission, New Zealand On Air, Te Mangai Paho, Images and Sound, Screen Auckland and AUT. Voiceover is by me, La Lena Faunati, and music by Poddington Bear. 